National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio presents. I wish my head could forget what my eyes have seen. Ten years ago, the groundbreaking firefighting movie Burned took audiences closer than they'd ever been. Into the fires and into the lives of the men who fight them. Ten years in the making, the long-awaited follow-up is finally here. The workload has increased and manpower has decreased. Burn X explores stories and characters you've never seen before and continues the journey for many of the Detroit firefighters you met in the first film. Fire Class 2019. Yes, Order your two-disc ultimate edition of Burn X on DVD and Blu-ray at burnstore.com or get it for streaming and download on iTunes, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, and Voodoo. What is a man's worth that doesn't make the world a better place? Taylor's Tins, one of the best there is. A good friend of ours and supporter of National Fire Radio. He comes up first in a lineup of sponsors because he means that much to me. Taylor's been with us from day one. I hit him up on day one and said, brother, I love your shield. I love what it represents. I'd like to give them out to all of our podcast guests. And from day one, almost five years ago, we've been issuing Taylor's Tins to all of our guests as a keepsake and recognition for their willingness to share some time and their story with us in our community at National Fire Radio. These aluminum helmet fronts, they change the market. They're revolutionary in what they do. Even if you're a traditionalist with the leather shield, the aluminum shield offers so much when it comes to durability, cleanliness, decon, they can do it all with the aluminum shield. Their customer service, let's talk about that for a minute, where things usually take several weeks now to get your hands on them from the from conception to manufacturing process and out the door and onto your helmet. Taylor can turn around orders within 48 hours, whether it's a 500-piece shield order for your department or a one-off customized shield. Taylor's doing them, and he's doing them within 48 hours, and they're getting out the door. It's not just helmet shields. Nope, there's more. They got locker tags, carbon monoxide meter, you know, data sheets. They have pump data sheets, pump tags, locker tags, street signs, banquet gifts. You name it, the list goes on and on. Check them out at taylorstins.com. That's where they conduct business. You can hit them up on the chat right there. They walk you through the process of designing your custom Taylor's Tin from the website. So go to taylorstins.com, check them out. They represent the very best of what the American Fire Service is all about, and I'm proud to have them as a sponsor of the National Fire Radio platform. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio on the podcast today. Gordon Pippen, the Chester, Pennsylvania Bureau of Fire, career fireman, 15 years, Aston Township in the volunteer sector for about 23 years, and a instructor with Eckert Fire Tactics, which is a common name that comes across the National Fire Radio platform quite often, and we'll hop into that too. Gordon, thanks for joining me, buddy. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So you and I have known each other for a little while now. Kind of, uh, I think we met through Eckert, I believe. I think that's yeah, the we met, common thread. I think we met uh, We met through Bob in Bergenfield at the okay. one of the uh, Taking It to the Streets. Yeah, which is just an incredible training opportunity for anybody that's listening. If you ever have the opportunity to take that class with Eckert Fire Tactics, I would highly recommend it. It is a very, very good an exhausting and tactically filled weekend of training. It's awesome. It it's very it's a great time. Constantly changing, which is amazing. Uh, constantly working on our own selves, plus you know making the class better. Yeah, That's and I, uh, let me ask you this too before we dive down some some topic conversations, right? Like when you guys have this incredible cadre of instructors, what does that do to you? Like, uh, the, uh, does it push you? It drives me like uh, being out of work right now at this current moment in time. After I came home from Joey D, I wanted to go back to work and in the worst way. I can't wait for my doctor's appointment. I can't wait to go back to the rig. It, I'm so excited. Um, I learned some stupid little things from a couple of the kids that were in class that I never really thought of. And I got some other stuff from some of the guys that, you know, are with us. Like when me and Shrocky were talking the other day about knee walls, it's just some stupid things that, I can't wait to relay to the guys on shift. 
That's cool. And yeah. I, I think that's the value of it, right? Because, you know, to, to go to a conference to surround yourself with people that make you want to be better. And then what I love is what you just said about taking it back and actually sharing it, right? So you're not keeping it for yourself. You're going to take it back and you're going to share. And the fact that you learned from some of the guys that were there taking the training just goes to show, you know, that it's a give and take on these training grounds. Uh, it's it's fantastic. The hospitality from the guys from Jupiter, from uh, – from Koran, all them, all those places up there. Those guys yeah. are great, and it's it's something that you, you kind of miss sometimes at home. I get it. Um, I get it. I t- I totally get that. Yeah, for sure. So, listen, the intro was uh, a couple different departments listed, right? So, Chester Bureau of Fire is your career job, but you're also very passionate in the volunteer service where you serve as a chief, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm an assistant chief. Okay. Uh, used to be used to be Green Ridge. Uh, I joined in 99 at Green Ridge, and now it's Aston Township Fire Department. We consolidated with the other company in town, and I'm one of the assistant chiefs there. Got it. And uh, we're going to hop into that because I'd love to know about the consolidation and how that went down. But let's talk about the career first, or let's start. Why don't we start at, at Chapter One, really, and talk about your beginnings in the fire service, man? Was this an early on thing? Is this a, a family legacy? Are you generational? Like, how did your love and passion for the fire service come about? Uh, it, it is generational. My, uh, my dad's grandfather was a volunteer in the city and my grandfather joined for a minute and he didn't really pan out, but then my dad got hired in the city once they made the changeover from volunteers to career. And, uh, he did a lot of years there. I was fortunate enough to work with him for nine of those years. Well, that's cool. And it was awesome. It was, well, it was good when he get to ride the rigs with me and stuff like that. But when he'd walk in for shift change, carrying two gallons of milk to give to me to, he said, my mom gave me because, you know, she's got to take care of her baby boy. And you know, I was a kid when I got hired. I love it. I love Nobody. it. But what, so I mean, but you're living then I, we had this conversation the other day in a podcast about living in the shadow of the generation before you and then trying to find your own way through the system. Right. And so, oh, yeah. you know, your father's been there. He, he, he established the legacy there. And then here you come, snot nose, new, fresh and, and full of excitement and you're living under his sh- shadow. How hard was it to forge your own way and to get your own personality? Oh, it was, it was extremely difficult. I, I mean, I had guys, guys that I got hired with, they would call me Gordo, but you know, it's my nickname, the yeah. kids that I call it. And then when they hear the older guys would hear them guys say it, no, that's not Gordo. And now we already got one of them. He doesn't get that nickname. Oh, wow. Okay. It was that, it was that bit. Some of those older dudes are brutal and, uh, it was, it was good, but it was, my dad taught me a lot. He taught me a lot of the stuff that I now use all the time, you know? searching with searching with your hand and the tool against the wall versus your tool swinging because you have more dexterity out on the, sure. in the middle of the floor um coming off the wall a little bit and then if you get a little bit uh, nervous inside take one of the golf balls or one of the d batteries that they used to have and throw it out against the wall you can it's a distinct sound you'll be able to find your way back into it again you know okay. stupid stuff like that my dad my dad was big one my dad was liked by a lot of people they knew they knew who he was. They knew what he was about. They knew not to talk to him from like seven o'clock till nine o'clock until he had his coffee. <laughs> grumpy, but I was always chipper. Came in, yeah, full of some vinegar, and up yeah. till one, two, three, three o'clock at night, spray painting tools and stuff like that. Did you live? So, did you grow up in a firefighter's home? Meaning, like your dad was into the job as well and brought it home with him. Uh, yeah, my dad. Uh, my dad was a volunteer. Okay. He did the same thing as I did. He uh he volunteered at Bethel when he first started, and then when he moved to Chester, he ended up uh, volunteering right outside of the city, okay. and moved in. And when he moved into the city, he was doing that. But I, I, when I was a kid, I hated it because my dad was never home. He was always work. He's running away. You know, it was it is what it is until I finally got old enough to understand what was going on. Yeah, for sure. And then and then the other aspect of it too is teaching you those little tricks of the trade, if you will, on the fire ground. But there's also that you know, that other aspect of learning, which is the love for the fire service, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the the informal stuff that's not talked about but understood, right? I mean, that had to have a very big impact on you because I know you have an impact on your kids as well, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, my oldest joined the firehouse. He's uh, he's not as into it as my youngest is. Right. My youngest, my youngest has been on the news. He was outside in his gear a bunch of years ago when they had a fire across the street and he was, he's just been a full fledged buff 
since he could walk. He's ate up. He's he loves it. He constantly loves it. He, he, he's got everything under control. I love that, man. And, and that obviously stems from you and your passion for it. Because, I mean, by day, you're, you're in the career house. And by night, if you will, for lack of better terms, you're in the volunteer house, right? And so your yep. commitment to the fire service is 24 hours a day. You don't turn it off. No, no, there's no off switch for me. My ch- my choke's wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, all right, hold on. I got to write that down. My choke's wide open. My choke's wide open. That might be the topic. That might be the, the name of this podcast. My choke's wide open. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, okay, so then it consumes you. And, and yeah. so with that, then, there's got to be this balancing act, right? Because between career volunteer your home life your own personal time just to unwind right there's there's this incredible balancing act then and the hard part is with the volunteer service is typically not knowing when it's time to go how long you're going to be gone for and that commitment varies greatly oh it's that's that's probably the hardest part is uh is doing that it's it and we're fortunate enough and asked them to have live-ins so oh, okay we have uh, we have those guys that are dedicated there. They live there, and uh, they they handle our our runs. But you know, if it's something serious as a chief, me and the other guys are constantly talking to each other. Sure, we, we have to know our schedules. We have to know who's around, what's around, and if it's you know a more serious than an automatic alarm, we get up and go. So it's just. The, so, okay, so let's let's talk about Aston then real quick, right? So you, you've you come up through the ranks, right? Did you start there young? Did they have an Explorer program? Did they? Or yeah, did you so come the, in as- uh, we, we call juniors and cadets. You know, right. you're a junior, 14, 15, and then you're a cadet, 16, 17. Okay. Uh, 16, you're allowed to wear an air pack for car fires and, like, outbuildings and stuff like that before the rules really started getting strict. Got it. Um, So I did that. I grew up 18 years old. Uh. I moved myself. We moved into the firehouse, me and uh, me and my friend Jim. Oh, so you we became a living then? Yep, yep. Moved so, in there, and from traveling back and forth from PG County to go ride down there when we were kids, you know, because that was cool in the early two thousands. Yeah, uh, we come back and forth. We just ride fire trucks all day long, and it was great. I had a blast. Uh, Eighteen, what? nineteen. Yep. I was in. Assistant engineer. I think I moved up to. The, I was an assistant engineer at nineteen, and then uh, I started helping out, and I ended up working with the chief at the time, Dave Evans. He was a uh, he's a, a borough highway guy, and he got me hired on them. So we, if a fire would come out, we'd be able to get jump in his chief's car and go shoot over to Aston and get on the rigs and stuff. It was a it was a great time. And where where does the, I mean? Because everything you're talking about is centered around the firehouse. Yes. That's yeah, inc- every, it's incredible. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I was a nerd. I'm not gonna lie. I was a nerd when I was a kid. I didn't do anything else besides, you know, hang out at the firehouse and, and hang out with my friends from the firehouse. But I don't it think was, that's that's a no issue, right? Because like that's who I want on the on the engine. That's who I want on the truck, right? Is I want a guy that that is that is all in on this, right? And I think that that just speaks to the dedication and love and passion you have for the service. You don't turn it off, and it's rare that you can. Now I, uh, I, even my friends outside of my immediate firehouse are all, most of them are firemen. I have a good core group of friends that I have that are from school, but, and we still talk all the time, but we don't, but most of my friends, like my best friend, obviously you met Vince this, uh, past weekend. Mm-hmm. It's, he's, he's the chief at Darby. I have, uh, a constant group messages with guys from work and, and guys from all over the place. We're always talking, we're always involved in something. And if there's a fire. If it's not huge, I'm not there. There's <laughs> it's usually unheard of. Yeah. And and that's that's in both worlds, right? Because Chester yep. ch- give me the breakdown on Chester then. I don't I don't want to jump I'm trying I'm jumping back and forth, but I don't want to confuse the listeners, but Chester's the career job, Aston Township's the the uh volunteer jo- you know, volunteer job and you know, there's this fine balance and that's where uh, how I'm trying to navigate this conversation is this constant balancing act between the two, right? Because yeah. it can have it's it's absolutely has its benefits, but it also has I'm sure some contradictory and some overlapping frustration or issues have presented themselves along the way too. So give me the breakdown on Chester. How big of a city, what type of work, engines, trucks, just so people have an idea of what type of town it is. 
Chester's a little city outside of uh, Philadelphia. It's six. It's like six and a half square miles, including the water. Um, it's not huge. Right. It's actually, the first city in Pennsylvania is the first founded. That's where William Penn landed. Um, so it's a beautiful, very urban environment. It's Old not city. A, uh, yeah, it's a very urban little city. It's yeah. like row homes and twins and so on and so forth. It was originally five volunteer firehouses, and now it is two career houses that have uh, three engines, a truck, and a battalion on duty all the time. Okay. Um, so we have 62 members of the department, 63 right. members of the department. So we're not huge, but we see a lot of fire. We see, you know, last year we did 3,100 runs and, you know, a hundred and some fires. Nice. So and what not, are you, are you staffing with three across the board? Yeah, three across the board now. Okay. Uh, I'm assigned to the truck company on the D platoon. Uh, I, I, Technically, I'm the NCO, the non-commissioned officer, as they break my balls and saying uh, I ride the front seat of the ladder truck. Right. Hey, thanks. Can you sit up there for a while? We're not going to give you any title. We're not going to do anything for you, but we need you to. You don't get any pay. Yeah, right. But you're in charge of these guys. But you can pull the air horn string. That's. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very fortunate to be with uh, my battalion, and I have were friends prior to getting hired. Nice. Was really Mm -hmm. nice. Um, so he is a really good guy. He has a lot of trust in me. He knows that I, I train here. I train there. I train all over the place. I constantly communicating with different people, learning different things. And my captain got hired with me who I'm really, really good friends with as well. And I've been to different places where they lean on me for stuff. And if, if it wasn't for that experience that I've gotten from both Aston and, you know, yeah, Chester, I wouldn't be in those shoes. I don't think I what, what a great. So that speaks volumes, though, to the department then. Right. Because, yeah, you're friends and brothers with the guys that are there and, and from the chief's positions on down through the rank and file. But there's this mutual respect that you bring forth a really well-rounded um, lifetime of experience that you've gotten from all different avenues, from your volunteer, from training, and all these other areas, right, and the multiple departments you've been a part of all these years and so on. And you bring that to the table, and, and you know, a lot of people could be threatened by that, but it sounds like they embrace that and they they actually want you to bring more to the table. Is that fact? That is absolute facts. You know, coming home from FDIC, what did you learn? What did you see? How did you do it? What, what what was going on you know they you they break my balls and then they get into it it's just like yeah. any other you know you got to sit around a kitchen table and get your balls broken for a good hour before you get talking about what we're going to do for drill that day yeah what is that what does that do for you then because i got to think when you're in a place like that that embraces knowledge and experience and and wants to harness that for their own betterment i mean speak to it from a career side but also as a volunteer assistant chief I mean, trying to maintain that same level of want and desire and, and not to be uh, timid or afraid of somebody that has more information or, or training knowledge. What does that mean, like, to the, to the greater good of a department? I, I can speak for my platoon. But they thoroughly, like you said, they embrace it. They, they run with it. It's, it makes us, you know, it makes us wanted. If we go to a fire and there's a callback and a couple of deep platoon guys show up, the chief's leaning towards us to help do what we need to do. Yeah. And in the volunteer world, it's the same thing. It's a, yo, what you got to, can, can you tell me how to cut this roof? Can we figure out how to do this? You have the experience to do so. Take your knees and go do so. All right, cool. Let's go. Cause my guys at Aston, I don't want to say my guys, our guys at Aston are very, into it as well they're full throttle they they're ready to go they're running to the truck they're you know they're getting dressed on the way they're they're they drop in and stretch on every box and pound they're very very into it you know guys at work will break their balls for doing so just because it's different but yeah but on the same but on the but on the flip side is those are the guys that you're going to want coming backing you up on that second third fourth alarm right i mean that they're the guys that i'm happy that on our second alarms at work Aston is our writ team. Got it. And that's that's who I want coming to get me. That's who I yeah. need. I want they're the guys that are going to be making a stretch with you. They're going to they're going to be ones that are pulling you out, uh, 
certain things and then it's just the best way to handle it. How do you get to that part in the volunteer service where the level of proficiency is just the normal and not an exception? I think too many departments put things like you just talked about on a pedestal and only a few people in that department are able to perform at that level. And so it's not the norm. It's it's above the norm. Whereas it sounds like where you are, there's a level of proficiency and expect expectation of services are well above the norm. And how do you, as an as a manager, as a boss, as a chief, and you came up through that system, has it always been like that? And how do you maintain that level of proficiency? Uh, it was, it was very, very harsh back in the day. It was very, you know, you screwed up, you're you're, you're getting hit. You know, that was the way they used to handle things. They used to drop the hammer, as they say. On, yeah. um, but moving on, they always had that sense of uh, that sense of pride on how good they were. You know, we, we always had, you know, the, remember the oh, oh shit buttons? The, yeah. The, the, yeah. The buttons. We had them around the firehouse because, you know, if somebody needed something done, they hit the oh shit button and here was truck 63. You know, we're here. So that's what we did. It's just been a it's been a thing for years. Um, me and Mikey have progressed on that. Mikey's the chief. Uh, we wrote a rookie book together and released it. And as soon as you come in the door, you have, you have the, this rookie book to learn how to do things and, and act according to our, our way. And that's the way we expect you to be. We don't, that's one of the best things about that place is it's not, uh, it's not quality. Or it's not quantity over quality. It's quality right. over quantity. That's right. Just, and, it, that. and okay. So then here's so a couple things then, right? Is like how how do you maintain that? And and I guess informally, what that's doing is it's weeding weaker people out of the system. It is. It's weeding them out of the system, or we show them different things that they might be more interested in. Talk about um, that. So. Per se, there was a young guy at the firehouse. He was there all the time. He just, he always stutter stepped. He was always this. He was always that. But now that we have ambulances joining Aston Beachwood together when we consolidated, he became involved in the EMS side. Now he's a paramedic. And it just introduced him into another realm of the fire service that he was more acclimated to versus pushing, which was good because he wasn't the best and he could be, but you never know. So. How how important is reputation? And reputation I, is huge. Yeah, huge. Because it's huge everywhere. Because I'm 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 envisioning. So I'll I'll tell you this. I didn't tell you. I haven't told you this before. And I was just thinking about this before I started National Fire Radio 10, 15 years ago. I used to cruise the internet looking at different fire companies. And and I when I was chief of my department in 07, I. Uh, we started our website and I did it through firecompanies.com. I think that was the name of it. The hosting oh, yeah, service, right? Which is you local, which is local to you, right? Yeah. Meat, meat was a member of Green Ridge. He's, okay. he's the reason I got introduced to Kentland and yeah. Prince George's County and Richie Resto from uh, Squad 18. And all. that's how I started meeting. So this is, so this is the same thing with me then, right? So I love this commonality because I remember cruising firecompanies.com almost daily and looking at all these different departments and how they were doing things. And I remember Green Ridge was always one department that I would go look at because it was similar in the run totals, if you will, close to like what I'm familiar with, right? But there was this level of proficiency and, and professionalism that came through the website that showed that you guys went to work and you went to work well, meaning your guys are squared away and you guys had your shit together. And yeah. so reputation matters, right? Because it's, I think that Green Ridge probably has an exceptional reputation, which carries over to Aston Township now through your merger, right? Correct. Yep. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, talk about that as a, as a boss then. I mean, that, that's that got to be one. It that, that hangs on your shoulders, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's extremely humbling. It's extremely humbling to be in a role of, leading you know i'm trying to you see these guys and you're like damn is that how i was when i was a kid and then you see these guys where they do something great and it's like they're my guys 
they are my dudes. Does know? does it ha- does it does it hold you accountable then? The idea that reputation is so important that you'd rather do more, see more, get more, and everything else to endorse your people to make sure that you exceed the reputation that you have and you can't let the company or department reputation suffer because of your own ill doings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to that stuff. And I made the mistake as a younger person to put my company in bad light by choice words on social media. And, uh, I learned all about that early on and I hate it now. And it just, the best way to show that we are doing the best that we can is to go do our job, do it correctly, and then go home. That's interesting to me. Can we unpack that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. That's fine. I'm, I mean, everybody uh, around here already knows. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I'm not asking like what specifically happened. I don't need to know the details. Oh no, no, I but, uh, I've gotten, I got, you know, I would, I was influenced by some people at a younger age to right. to do some stupid stuff and make some ignorant comments online right and it's not until you know that person that you make that ignorant comment shows up to the firehouse and asks for you and you're like well who are you and he's like good i want to talk to you outside then you realize that wow maybe i'm not a, a tough guy behind a keyboard or whatever yeah. you know it's not it actually does affect somebody else and i learned that really young and uh one guy larry howard he's a He's an officer on the other end of the county, and he's a police officer, and I broke his balls, and he can joke about it now. I broke his balls on Facebook or something, and he showed up to the firehouse where I was, and he's like, you want to have a word with me outside? I was like, wow. He's like, you don't know me. You don't know my situation. You don't know my area. Who are you to judge? And it, it kind of put a light on it. It was like, we don't do that no more. We're not doing that. I learned my lesson the hard way. We're not doing that. Yeah. The guys guys at Aston don't do that. They don't. They don't bash on Facebook. They don't. They're not Monday morning quarterbacks. They're not those people. There is so much to this. I am so thankful that you shared this story because I deal with this every single day of my life, and, and oh, it's, it's funny because, because for me, like it's a it's a no issue for me. I mean, I have probably the thickest skin of anyone. I mean, just because it's daily. I mean, there's hate pages that are that are created and dedicated to just hating me, hating our platform. It's freaking hilarious. The fact that people take time out of their lives and have enough time on their hands to even think about doing that, let alone enacting it, right? It's comical to right. me. And I, and I feel absolute sympathy towards people that have that much hate or, or desire to tear other people down. They got a lot bigger issues than dealing with Jeremy from National Fire Radio. You know what I'm saying? It's disgusting. The, the trolls are out. They're just, they're insane. And there's, there's always been that, right? It's just the, the public forum today of social media just allows for it to fly even more so, right? But, I mean, even yep. before social media, there were still trolls, right? There were still guys that shit talked oh, yeah, other people. Oh, yeah, guys that their mouths all the time. Absolutely, right? My, but, dad's, my, mm-hmm. dad says, uh, my dad says a lot. He goes, and more, more people need to be punched in the mouth for shit that they say on Facebook. If they did, then they the world would be a better place. I couldn't agree with you more. And he's right. He's just, you know, one of the, one of the best thing that's ever happened to me, Gordon, in my life, one of the most defining moments of my life was when I was probably, I don't know. I was in seventh grade and I got my ass beat. This kid turned around. I was the big kid on the school bus. I always thought I was bigger and better than everyone tougher. Right. And this kid turned around and just, I mean, it was a sucker punch, but man, he laid me the fuck out. And I mean, I mean, laid me out like your eye looked like two weeks ago. That's what my face looked like, you know. And and so I had this massive shiner, man. I was I was almost like put out like this kid ripped a shot into my face. And I will tell you this from the kid that was always the bigger kid in school. And I was always taller and wider than everybody else. I thought my shit didn't stink. And that kid knocked me down. And I promise you this. I went to a high school reunion probably about 10 years ago, and the kid was there, and I went up and bought him a beer. And I, I don't talk to the kid. It's not like he's my buddy or anything. Like, I haven't seen this kid since high school. And I said to him, I said, I want you to know that that was a defining moment in my life where I became much more humble about who I am and how I treat others because that kid knocked me the fuck out. Wow. And, and it is so humbling when that happens. And so I teach my kids every single day. I said, you could be the best at something, but there's always going to be somebody bigger, better, smarter, faster, right? And so on. So oh, you yeah. got to worry about yourself. 
right? And don't worry about the other guy. Don't, yeah, that's exactly, I, I try to teach my kids this, almost the same thing. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to talk shit. There's no reason that if you're going to do something and you want to show that they're better or that you're better, then you should strive. To Get to them. work. Yep. Yeah. Go outside, start throwing a ball back and forth. Go hit, go hit your, your bat on your, uh, on your stand. Let's go. Come on, do things and make yourself better. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I take that like me, I'm very similar in regards to you where I re, everything in my world revolves around the fire service. And so like, I always relate these conversations back to the firehouse. And I wish that every single guy from young to old in the firehouse got humbled in some way that they can better their own position and then better our company because of it. Right. And for you, it was, you ran your mouth as a tough guy and guess what? Somebody called you out on it, and it kind of changed your point of view going forward, right? Yeah. I think I I think we need so much more of that. It's just you don't you don't you don't ever know. You never know who you're talking shit on because that guy might be related to that guy, or that guy could have had something seriously happen to his family or his friends, and it reflects back. And it's just it's not worth it. It's just dumb. And part of that, right, is like how you carry yourself too, because we we go back to reputation. And you and I were talking about how important reputation is for the fire company, for your fire department, you know, and so on. And so you you don't conduct yourself in a way that represents the very best of your department. You affect the reputation. Meaning, if you've got a sticker on your car or a T-shirt on, and you're acting like a complete asshole right? Or you're out of line or disrespectful. You're not courteous, right? You're, you're right. rude. However, man, I'll tell you, whenever I see somebody parked in a fire zone with a sticker on their car, they get, they get a mouthful from me, <laughs> a mouthful. When there's an open parking spot, you know, four spots away, they got to park there and, and, yeah. and make us look bad. Oh my God, brother. That, that shit drives me nuts. So reputation, it's so important. It's a it's a huge thing. It, people don't realize how big it is. You you can see pe- people nowadays were getting fired um, because of shit that they were saying. On yes. SBN. You know, it's just you, you don't you don't go to the bar wearing your firehouse T-shirt. You don't need to wear your your firehouse vest. You just you just enjoy yourself. You know, I don't I wear my EFT shit with pride because it's not Bobby's last name. It's his father's last name. That's the way I, was, I love that. Yeah. You know. Yep. And, and I do. But I'm not going. You know, I'm not going to go cause mischief or cause ruckus wearing that shit. That's just, it's just something that you don't do. I get it. I get it. So talk to me then about, okay, so we've talked about both organizations. You got Livens at Greenbridge, you guys, and you have a very thriving volunteer population there with a good reputation. The department goes to work and they got their shit together. Chester Bureau of Fire, same type of department, right? So you're fortunate to be exposed to two very good departments that are, pretty put together in a way that it allows you to be a good firefighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, so, go ahead. I love, uh, Chester's great. And I could talk, I could talk shit, but I don't talk shit. You know what I mean? But like guys that are on the job in Philadelphia, guys that are on the job in New York, I have a lot of friends that are on the jobs, both places, the bigger departments. And they break my balls because they go to a number of fires a year, but they're doing a cylinder and then they're done. They're, you know, that they go to rehab. Chester, because we're so short on manpower, it's let's go. Come on, kid, get another cylinder on. It's it's, it's time to break your balls. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, you know, there's been times where I've done two, three cylinders at a fire before help has shown up. Yeah, and and I think there's something to be said for that, right? Because it allows for, and that's what I love. Like you know, where where we complain about manpower issues, right? I mean, and this is this is my selfish take on a short staffing, right? Short staffing just allows for you to do better and be more, and and I mean that in a personal way, right? Like I would love to roll up on every fire with a six man engine company, right, or a five man engine company. That'd be fantastic. But you know how much fun it is with a three man engine company. Right. Or, or two man engine company. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to be done and they got to be done quickly. And you have the opportunity to do a lot more in the fire ground. It's, it, it teaches you, it, it teaches you so much more, uh, just from stretching, you know, you, you're stretching, you're single man stretch essentially. Cause your captain right. is your backup man, but he's also doing his three and He's trying to get everything else squared away. So you're doing single man stretches. So, we don't have the the luxury of having that backup man at the door that everybody always says makes or breaks the fire up. You are the backup. Yeah, man. right, 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 you know, right, right. You, 
it, it's crazy. And it, you know, you go to you do that, and then you do it so many times, and then you go to Aston, and it's like there is six guys on a rig, and I'm like, all right, well, what do I do? I touch the hose for three seconds. You know? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> can I go? You Can guys, I go find a breaker to turn off? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I get it, man. I think there's tremendous value to that. I also think, too, that shorthanded companies like that really allow for individuals. Um, here, two, it's twofold. One, it can be detrimental because there's mo- some guys can't perform like that. They can't do multiple tasks and, and find the ways to get them done in a timely manner that it needs to happen. They just don't have it in them. But there's other guys that excel at that, right? They force their own door. They're stretching their own line. The chauffeurs pumping a rig, throwing ladders, taking glass. Like these are these are tasks that all go hand in hand with a position, right? And, right. you know, it's nice to be able to allow yourself the or have give yourself the opportunity to be able to do more than that one function on the fire ground. I love it. And that's why, you know, as much as we want, you know, fully staffed companies because it's for the for the betterment of the fire scene and searching quicker, water on a fire quicker. It's still a lot of fun when you're shorthanded. Oh, it's it's a great time. It's, <laughs> it, it's a great time. That's all I can say there. Yeah. So talk to me then about like some similarities, right? Because, you know, you're, you're balancing the career versus volunteer, but it seems like both entities are very similar in their type of aggressive nature and, and you know, level of performance. So there's got to be some similarities, but there's differences too, right? And so that balance that you keep between the two, like, what are, are there's any struggles or any anything that like stands out that's like, man, it's it's you know, this works here, it doesn't work here, or I like it here better because of X, Y, and Z. Like, is there any of that that you can speak to? Uh there is there is some things there. Uh like Chester's always been looked at, I guess, because it's the it's the county career department. It was the original county career department before Upper Darby. Um they, those guys were they always looked upon Chester for the specs of the apparatus. They always looked at the way they worked, they operated, stuff like that. And now the volunteers are starting to do other things like Aston does, uh, per se. Aston okay. lays building fire, so other companies are starting to do the same thing around us. So now, any... we're not original to that. We stole that from you know PG County, sure, and to understand why. And Chester will just never do that. Right. There's just there's not enough. You got, you got a driver and officer and a nozzleman to re rack lines. It just doesn't work for them. Going to six reported building fires a day, right? I mean, yeah, it's just, you're not. Yeah, yeah. right. You're not. Just, it just doesn't happen if they yeah. if they have line off the rig. And it's and, and that's, just hit on this real quick, Gordon, because some people might not be familiar, but there are areas of this country. I know it's like uh, Maryland. Delaware sections of Pennsylvania, right? And I know it's right. done. I think it's in uh, New Jersey, but this is just like the Northeast kind of stuff that, like, I know about. Or I guess Maryland's Mid Atlantic, whatever. But those areas, typically, if it comes out as smoke in a building, reported fire, anything like that, that is above uh, an automatic alarm, if you will, there is hose being put in the street, even if it's even if it's uncon- you know unconfirmed, right? Yep, yep. Even if it's unconfirmed, nobody's there yet. Nothing, because. There, just statistically, there's been times even here where you pull up and now you have a fire just because the cops are tied up on a domestic. Now you're delaying the game because our hydrants are 600 feet away. Yeah, and you got to wait for that person. That's it doesn't. There's no hand jacking sometimes. Did you guys work that way when you were living? Yes, that's when we started it actually. Okay, and uh, And yeah, was there pushback and resentment? Yeah, some of the older guys were, I'm not packing line at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm not coming up for a building fire at 3 a.m. in the morning and packing line. And I showed them the stats. You know, you know, Aston went to five building fires, quote-unquote, last month. Five of those building fires, three of them came in as an appliance fire. And one of them, the chief was there before us. So that was essentially only really one time that you had to do it. Yeah. So, and then they started getting into it. And now it's like, say somebody doesn't do it. Those old guys are the guys going to the firehouse after the run and want to know why you didn't do it. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. I think, I think what's great about it, right. Is like, I also look at things where we institute something new, you know, a new policy, a new idea, a new procedure, say in the volunteer world. And what's funny is, is that, you know, there's pushback and resentment because it's not how we do it. We've never done it that way. We're not going to do it that way. It gets enacted, but you know what happens to those newer guys that start joining the department? They don't know any different. 
right? Right. And so right. before you know it, it just becomes the way we do it, and that's all they know. And for the guys that have been there a long time, it becomes commonplace. And I think when when it shows its stuff and when it shows that it works and it makes sense, it's it's a much easier sell. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just them guys are uh, – some guys at work are very – some of them are very set in their ways, but they're changing and it's, it's, it's becoming a beautiful thing there. You know, we, when I first came on, it was triple fold hose lays and, you know, uh, plastic helmets, plastic Philly style metros. Right now we're wearing leathers. You know, our paint scheme went back to the original paint scheme back in the day in the early 1900s. Nice. Uh, we're using Minuteman on our attack lines and our alley lines. It's great. It's just, and what, what was that cultural shift? Like, how did that happen? Was it guys like you that, and, and was it the same way that it was in Aston and Greenridge where it was, let me show you the stats. Let me show you we've done the work to support these changes. I, I, I'd like to believe so. I'd like to say, yeah, um, I'd like to, there's a guy from Greenridge. His name's Kenny Dawson. He is the deputy chief there. He is my ultimate fuck he is everything if i say ken <laughs> let's do this well why well let's do it like well why and he literally has to see pros and cons written down on paper prove to him why we should do it and as long as you can prove to him legally not just say i found the video or we should try this he wants to see how it works and it he made that uh second nature for me he is one of my great friends my son and his son play baseball together and now I do that at work and I'm like, Hey, we should be running two inch instead of inch and three quarter in our high rise racks for, you know, for our high rises. Right. Well, why? Well, look at the pressure difference. Look at the maneuverability. We have a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of things we can upload on and make right. Yeah. And those guys are like, Oh yeah, well let's give it a shot. Speak, speak to that process a little bit, because I think it's so important that we do have that checks and balance in the system. Right. Like, we need that guy that's like, wait a minute, like, hold on, just because you want to do it doesn't mean we're doing it, right? And oh, I, no. and, and I, <laughs> I think it's so, yeah, but think about it. I think it's so important because I think departments, when you have a department full of people that are just, let's change it, let's change it, let's change it, you kind of lose your identity because you're always changing, right? Right. And and right. so there needs to be that balance between like, hey, let's change it. Let's look at the facts and figures of why. And as long as the other side of the table says like, listen, I'm not opposed to change, but we need to know why and it needs to be spelled out. I think that right. process is so important and so healthy to maintain a good, solid department. It, it, it absolutely it, it it helps you because one, you're not getting as many people arguing with you on as to why you should or should not do something. You're proving it to them that yeah, this is the case. And then two, it it makes you feel a little bit more. Uh, I don't. You feel better inside knowing that you did the research, you wrote the paperwork, you figured everything out. Yeah, hundred percent appropriately. And now look what you did. And now it's happening. It's 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 make or break time now. It's it's great. It's accountability, right? Like you listen, you want to bring something to the table, you better make sure you got all your eyes dotted and T's crossed, right? Get your shit together exactly. and make sure that you know what you're talking about and just don't come over here and fire off an idea and think that we're gonna jump on it. Right. Just because this you know, just because New York City does it this way doesn't mean yeah. that we're gonna do it. This no, way. I, I agree with you. Trust me, that's because what, that's what I've always gotten as a kid, you know. Just yeah. because New York City does it that way doesn't mean we do it that Well, yeah, they got eight out like eight guys on a truck. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have eight seats on the truck. Yeah, Sorry. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's good, man. I, and I, I think it's so important because then it makes for people that are excited for change. It makes them do their homework and then they become invested, right? Because the, as you as an assistant chief of your volunteer department, that's what you want, right? I mean, you need membership right. that is invested into your company. Right. They're, uh, they're there for, they're there for the, the, uh, the adventure or say whatever you want to call it. They they're there for that. They're not there just to take advantage of the big TV and the, the computer lab. Yeah. What do you find right now in the volunteer house in the volunteer world? What are you finding? That is probably one of the bigger issues that were that not we as a, as a 
as a fire service, but you specifically, what is there something right now that you guys are like, man, we really got to like, look at this better. We got to do something. We got to change, you know, like, is it, is it a, you know, is there anything that stands out to you that, uh, you know, that needs some attention? Um, right now we're be honest with you. We're looking at our responses and manpower. So, uh, we just put two career guys on. We had, we got a safer grant. We have two career guys on Monday to Friday now at Aston, which is great. Wow, yeah. And they're supplementing. It's, it's huge for us. It was something that we never even thought about before. And it's, I think it's phenomenal. I like, I really liked, uh, the two original people that they hired. Unfortunately, Ashley, she had, she's from up North from, uh, Centronia, I believe is the name of the department. Okay. She's the, she actually took one of our classes together and, or uh, she took one of our classes and met me through there and, and she applied, got hired. And now she's in PG's process. She's in PG's Academy. Great. Which is great for her. Yeah. But uh, going up there and knowing that there's somebody going to be there to hang out and knowing there's going to be somebody there to get the rigs out and they had it all worked out and who was driving this week, who's going to drive next week. It's, it was a good time. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. I mean, the, there had to be a lot of discussion then because you guys are certainly volunteer uh, driven. So yeah. to, to have that conversation leading into, Hey, maybe we should apply for the safer grant and hire a few people. There obviously was writing on a wall that that needed to happen. Yeah, it, it, it was a shame, but you know, you can only, you can only fail on responses so many times before you realize that something needs to be done. I get it. Yeah. It, it happens, but it, I think it happened for the best. I'm a big, I'm a big, big advocate of utilizing everybody to their fullest, you know, their fullest and having career people there only helps us. It's not going to hurt us. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know in the volunteer world, right. That's my domain. I live there and, you know, ultimately we can't get the conversation confused when we start putting our own politics and agenda before the public we serve. And, right. you know, we can, you know, we, we bury our heads really well in the volunteer forest service. We do it in career services too. I've seen it where oh, we yeah. bury our head when there's an abs when there's a problem or things are starting to show its face, right? You're starting to see the reality peak its head. And instead of addressing it head on, we'd much rather bury our heads in the sand and pretend it's not happening until it's too late. So I, that's why I was asking about, you know, a, a very volunteer or, you know, driven organization like your own, to sit there and to rationalize that, hey, maybe we need to look at putting some people on. I know that couldn't have been an easy conversation, and I'm sure there were some battles at the in the conference room on that. Oh, I'm. You're absolutely correct. There yeah, guys there that are just anti. You know, they, sure. That place had volunteers written real big on the side of the truck. I know uh, they did, and because of you guys, because of you guys, and like companies like Kentland and a few others that were popular back in the firecompanies.com days, I put volunteer on my rigs. And that, yeah, that's you know that's exactly where we got it. We got it from Southern yeah, Ireland. I get and, it. And the pride, and it was like that. It makes a lot of sense. Let's do it. And I did it here in New Jersey on our department, and the guys busted my balls over it. And then the last couple we get, we do the same thing. And now it's like, well, we just, we're going to Pierce next week. We're getting a new pumper and it doesn't have it on the side, which kind of sucks, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. You know, no, I get it. Just but moving I mean, forward. It's progressing into life. Just yeah. like everything else. You're and, not- and for you to, and for you to be part of that command staff during these changes, I'm sure, you know, legacy is important and reputation is important. And so as you go, you know, it just, you know, you're going to, your volunteer career, if you will, will be, you know, the things that you've, you know, done there and left your impact on, right? That was important to me is like, whatever I did, I wanted to make sure that I affected a better outcome than it was when I was there, right? Especially when I wore a different color helmet, right? right. And, and so, you know, for you, I mean, talk about that a little bit. I mean, I'm sure you know, climbing the ranks and becoming an assistant chief is, is very impactful for you, but I'm sure one day you're going to want to be chief of the department. I can only imagine, right? Most of us aspire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, I get threatened with it every so often from the, from Mikey and Kenny. That's them guys up there, you know, uh, our, our plan was to get the new firehouse and get the engine and then I'm out and let you take over. I don't want to be the chief for 65 years. I'm like, Oh, come on, man. I'm yeah. not ready for that shit yet. Relax. Oh, let your role. My favorite. No. I think and, uh, I think one of my favorite spots was assistant chief man. That oh, was it's great. 
shit either goes up or goes down. It's yeah. Like, what, what's wrong with the rig? Oh, I think the captain or lieutenants can handle that. It's, it's such a good oh. position because in my department, in my world, it's the operational role of the fire ground. So it's basically your sandbox on the fire ground. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like, I, I the other guys that are, you know, them guys, Dave, Kenny, and Mikey ahead of me, are, they're, uh, oh, you get there. You, you can take command. I'll go inside. The fuck out of here! You wear the that. chief title and the deputy title over yep. me. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's funny. So, what's next, man? I mean, what you know? I it, it's got to be an exciting time. Um, you know, it sounds like you guys do have your some challenges ahead, um, but uh, it sounds like you guys are active enough to to notice and and witness what needs to happen so that you're building a better tomorrow. I mean recruitment retention all those items in the volunteer service certainly are things that i'm sure you guys talk about regularly oh that's a that's a big thing for us uh, a lot of things that we we specifically talk about all the time is i think especially around here a lot of people put more emphasis into recruitment than they do retention and that's that's something that a lot of people don't really understand you have to you're just once they're in the door and they ride the rakes there's got to be ways to keep them there. There's yes. got to be, you got to show them like we're, we're going to the flyers game next month. You know, well, all the guys from the firehouse are going to the flyers game. That's something that the guys, we all put together and, you know, pays a little bit of money and then you all sit together and hang out and have a good time. Yeah. Have a, a cover company come in. There's, you know, we, we like to have, they, those guys have dinners on Friday nights, every Friday night. They, they have the, these guys, they all go up there and then, you know, we'll, they're figuring out where they're going to get milkshakes before they're going to eat dinner. But they're, they all, a bunch of the guys are there on Friday nights and it makes it, it makes it, uh, you know, it makes it feel like home. It, I like going up in the morning and having the coffee club with some of the guys. Yeah. It's huge. You know, listen to the older dudes talk. Uh, my dad's one of them being one of the older guys and go up there and he'll start with you and then you can just get them going. And it's like a, it's like a days of our lives episode where it's an hour long of a story and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what do you see the future being? I mean, for you, I mean, obviously you love the job. I mean, Chester is your bread and butter. That's what's, that's what, uh, you know, is paying the bills. Obviously you have a tremendous passion for green Ridge. You're doing a lot of training now with Bobby and Eckert fire tactics, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a a common theme for you across the board and your passion is running wild. What do you want to see? What do you want to do? What haven't you done? Where do you want to go? What's next for Gordon Pippen? Uh, well, I'd like to get promoted at work, to be honest with you. Okay. I've been, uh, I've been dealing with that a little bit. I took the test a couple of times to kind of see what was on it. And the last time I really took it serious. And unfortunately I didn't, I didn't pass. I was, I missed it by three points, which yeah. sucked, but it, it is what it is. It just proved to me that I got to work harder. Sure. So that's what I want to do. I want to get made. I want to get, I want to get uh rank. Um, Bobby's pushing me to lecture which he says, I like to talk, which is true. Cause I do like to talk every time we go to one of these, uh, all hands things, you know, it's, it, I'm talking before I'm doing things. And he's like, do a lecture, try a lecture, put in for right. FDIC. See like if that. FDIC will try that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. And I, I filled the paperwork out first and then I got terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never spoke in front of a large group like that, uh, of people I don't know. So, Two months ago or so, I, I wrote a lecture with the help of a couple friends Yeah, uh, for some ideas. They reviewed it. They're like, dude, you did a really good job. Try good. it. Nice. I did it at Aston in our new training room, and I invited a couple people from outside. And uh, now I'm booked, per se, at Darby this month to do the same lecture. It's great. I, I changed a little bit, but I want to try it. Now, if I feel more comfortable talking amongst people that I don't know, really then maybe i will put in for fdic and hopefully uh chief halton will will approve of that sure and see where we can go what um what are you speaking about what's your passion that's what that my next question was going to be what's the passion that you have that 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 keeps you up at night or fuels you during a day like what are we talking about uh that my lectures on searching okay uh it's just it's search techniques it's really i'm big on VS, that's one of the things I always run when we're doing our thing there. Um, I'm, I'm big on searching, and I, I, I see how these academies teach these guys how to search, and they're going to get themselves hurt by not searching the most appropriate means for certain places. 
And I'm not saying don't crawl, crawling's bad, those types of things, because there are times you need to crawl, especially if you have orders conditions or something like that. You know, it's it you have to do certain things, but staying on top of each other and not putting your head up to see what the conditions look like outside where you are, it's just that's my thing. I don't right, know. Listen, I'm right there with you. And I think that, you know, the, the firefighter one program is just checking the box and, and putting people through and saying that a left hand, right hand search with a buddy and holding on to each other's ankles and using your tool to sweep is just the, the silliest thing in the world because nobody searches like that in the real world. And the first right. time you I, go I, to a fire, there's no fucking way in hell that you're going to be able to search that way. It just doesn't exist. That's, and that's the crazy part. Like my dad, my dad gra- or, uh, retired from the fire department and then he got brought into, I guess you would say, into the realm of the fire academy at Delco. And he teaches at the fire academy now. So now he's there, and I've gone a couple times with him, and he teaches the way the book says, and then he teaches the way he was taught how to search. Right. And he's not trying to confuse people or do anything bad. It's just it is what it is. This leads me to an interesting conversation then. Um, what are we doing Fire. We send our kids out for basic fire training. They come back to the firehouse. Now it's our job to teach them, right? right. Like I, you know, the I'm finding the fire schools are checking the boxes. They're they're running them through the paces. They're showing them what uh, what some type of expectation is of of what firefighting is about. But truly, it comes down to the in house training when the student comes back or the probie comes back from the fire academy. Now we teach them our way, right? It's the academy way, right. and now it's our way, right? The thing with that, though, is I think where we're starting to really struggle is a lot of departments are relying solely on the academy to teach because they don't have so many people in-house anymore that can spend the time to educate and teach along the way. And so, you know, we're, we're starting to set our people up for failure. At, at Aston Township, what are you guys doing to combat that? I mean, do you have a good in-house program? I know you talked about your rookie book, your probie book, right? Does that yes. include checking off the Aston way of doing firefighting? Uh, it it does it it touches it it begins to touch on uh the very beginning of how we try it. and then we have drill you know once a week and we just we push and we push and we push and we push and that's just fortunately with our new guys they're very into it we don't really get the guys that aren't that aren't familiar you know? and that and that's because you're driving this level of consistency of of training and hustle and if you're not into it you're not going to succeed there you're not you're, you're gonna right. it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a chore not a passion and love right right and it, it it's kind of crazy because we're seeing the same thing at work you know we went from we taught our own academy back in the day then they sent guys to philadelphia and then they brought them back and now they sent guys to philadelphia wilmington well they brought them back yeah they went to philadelphia wilmington's academy but that's not the way Chester does things. And yeah. we had to take another two months to retrain these guys. You know, when I tell you to back the piece up, what does that mean to you? Back yeah, I the mean, truck up. Yeah, right. right. In Philadelphia, back the piece up means uh, get the second in bag and pull a backup line. That's not, and that's what they teach them. Now we have to retrain everybody yeah. a little bit. Right. And it, it, it sucks, but sometimes it's fun because when the, the commissioner and the battalions that are in charge of training are like, Hey, you want to, uh, yes, absolutely. Let's go. I love it. Well, it, <laughs> it allows, it allows you to put your stamp on it. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's, what's fun too, is that guys like yourself that have such a good message and, and a lot of practical knowledge, experience and street credit to your name, it allows you to sign your name to the potential of where the culture and training uh, training guidelines go, and it and it has to do with your influence, and I think that that's a very powerful thing to be able to have. And I I I am very fortunate to be, uh, I guess, in one of those roles where, you know, they say leaders don't need rank, I guess, and when somebody, when a couple guys call you, the bosses call you, hey, do you have any suggestions, or hey, this is broke, how do we fix this, or something like that. That that's awesome to me. I agree with you. I'm quiet because I'm writing that one down too. Leaders don't need rank. I agree with that, brother. And I think on that note, man, this has been a fantastic episode. And uh, I love the fact that you're willing to share your 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 craziness that you call life, which is the career <laughs> yeah. fire service, the volunteer fire service, 
raising kids that that are in love with the fire service that want to follow in dad's footsteps to you know yourself and uh and pushing and training and teaching and all of that brother i i thank you for this past hour it's been a, a great conversation um and i appreciate your friendship man it was nice to hear oh. a little bit about your story today because i didn't know a lot of your background and uh and so i'm glad that we were able to catch up a little bit and i'm, I'm absolutely honored to have you on today appreciate it i i can't thank you enough for the opportunity it's phenomenal um seriously it means a lot and guys you know you guys you bob you guys always have always been nothing but push 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 do better do better do better every time i see you what do you got going on today you know yeah and i i can't thank you guys enough well that's what it's about man we need to push each other because uh pushing each other makes us better and you know i i don't like to run in circles where nobody's challenging each other to do more be better and be bigger right i mean Ultimately, you want to surround yourself with people that make you better. And uh, yeah. you're one of those guys, and, and the people that I run with these days uh, truly keep me on my toes. And so uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it makes me it makes me a better person, and it makes me more accountable to myself, and then it makes me more accountable not only to my fire company, but to my family, to my life, to my well-being. It's, it's just it's super important. So, brother, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely appreciate it. Gordon Pippen, Chester Bureau, Chester Bureau of Fire in Aston Township, Pennsylvania. Thank you, brother, and I appreciate you. Hang right here, and uh, I'm just going to sign out, and then I'll come right back, okay? All right, Bob. Awesome. Guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. Gordon Pippen, he's a rock star. He's a friend. Check him out on social media. We'll put the links on the bottom of the, uh, the narrative for the podcast. And uh, take what you heard today. Share, like, subscribe. Talk about it at the kitchen table tonight because when you talk about the job, you're making the job better. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.